We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We're going to kind of turn the page. We're going to do a little bit of a mailbag here, Ryan. And uh, I've started a couple of questions uh, that I think we can answer, at least to get things kicked off. If you want to stay in the starred section, I'll star some stuff. And we want to yep. go that route. And you can bring them up, and we'll kind of go from there. Yeah, man. Sounds good. So let's get into the mailbag for today. Vince, I guess we'll start with Dexter Domer. Yes, it's for Brian. But, of course, Ryan yeah. and Vince are here today. So, um <laughs> We'll, we'll take this one. Do you get to watch any of the practices for bowl prep was the question from Dexter. So they altered the schedule a little bit. There was supposed to be, I believe, two practices that were open, at least the beginning of the practice, the FSA, and then a couple of the individual periods. But then we got a revised schedule that they downsized that to one practice, and that practice was yesterday. And mm-hmm. so Brian is not down in Florida. And even if he was, there's not a whole lot to see when you're just watching them warm up. Uh, <laughs> and so he will be down there in a couple of days, I do believe. I think he's going down on mm-hmm. Thursday. And so he'll be down there for the game. Um, so no practices are really open. I mean, it's not like we get to sit there and watch the entire practice. So every question that goes along with that, like how does Tyler Buckner look and you know all of those different things. We have no answers to those questions. We can only go by what the coaches say. A lot of coach availability. We'll have obviously have all that coverage on irishbreakdown.com as well as the message board, uh, but no specific practice openings. And how will Tyler Buckner how does Tyler Buckner look? Well, no one Friday. That's yes, we will. Leave it there. And we're all gonna be excited to see it. I mean, we're all yes. kind of in the same boat with you guys, us. It's we'll see. That's it, man. From Irish Blooded. And thank you for the question, by the way. How honest do you think the depth chart is at linebacker? And does it surprise or disappoint you that the linebacker chart is listed like it is? Uh, Vince, I mean, can I sort us out just by saying? 100%. I, I think one thing that we have noticed, and I, this is just from a general pers- perspective, Irish Blooded, is that the depth chart doesn't really matter, right? It doesn't. We have noticed, it, I mean, just over the course of the season, the depth chart hasn't changed much, and yet playing time has been distributed differently. So I wouldn't really, 
I personally wouldn't read into depth charts too much. You know, I mean, it, you you see stuff and I, I don't know if it's always updated as well as it can be just from a general perspective, not even just from a Notre Dame perspective. Like, I think there's a lot of schools that just don't update it as thoroughly as they can for, uh, you know, certain reasons. I mean, there's gamemanship side of things and then there's just a the general who cares type of thing, right? The games matter the most, but I wouldn't matter – I wouldn't care. I, I don't care too much about what the depth chart looks now. I matter. I care about what it looks like on Friday, and I think that what we see on Friday is going to be different than what we see from the depth chart perspective. That's just my opinion, but it's opinion based upon what has been certain trends over the last few weeks, right? Like we've seen it. I mean, Deion Colsey has been listed as a starter. He's basically been a starter the last two games that he played, though. If we're talking about right. just dis- distribution of reps so I, I i personally vince i don't know if you agree but I, I don't feed into the depth chart thing too much we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Right. And just as a, a small example of the entire thing that, you know, we all have reported and we all know that Junior Tui Alamaka has been practicing at Viper. He's listed as the number two middle linebacker. So, I mean, mm-hmm. is he cross training? Could he play middle linebacker? Of course he could. But he hasn't been practicing there. He's been practicing at Viper. So that kind of gives you an idea of maybe how seriously you should take the depth chart and uh, not to take anything away from the deep dive into the depth chart of South Carolina that we just did, but at the same time from Notre Dame, I just don't, outside of like deleting guys that are either injured for the year or not available because they're transferring or whatever, it doesn't mm-hmm. really change all that much. It just, it just right. doesn't. So don't, don't put too much stock into it is what I'm saying. Yeah. We had a question next from Jason Smith. He said, do you think the 12 team playoff will keep as many guys opting out? So will that, I guess, will that change the format of guys opting out as much for the 12 team playoff? I think to a degree it will. Yeah. And I think that is one of the good things about the 12 team playoff. In my opinion, Mm -hmm. you're going to get more guys with an opportunity to win a national championship. And most guys who have that opportunity 
are not going to opt out. They're going to want to stay with their team. They're going to want to have that opportunity to win that national championship. Now, maybe some of those teams that are ranked 9, 10, who maybe don't have as realistic of a shot as some other guys, maybe you see some there. But you're definitely – look, if Notre Dame was a part of the 12-team playoff, which they would not have been if there was still a 12-team playoff, okay? But if they Mm -hmm. were part of the 12-team playoff, whether that's in the 9, 10, 11 range – do we think that Mayer and Foskey are going to opt out? I don't. I think they play. And so, yep. you know, you because they would have had – they would have been a, a, an away game being down that low, but they would have played it already. I don't think they opt out. I, I think that they're still playing for this team. So I think that's a great question, and I am very happy that I think we'll be heading in the right direction of guys not opting out. I mean, because Vince, I can only think of since the playoffs started, I can only think of one player that has opted out of the of the playoff game, and that is Jackson Smith and Jigba this year for Ohio State. Even he's dealing, obviously, with the right. repercussions of coming back from an injury. So I, I think that generally people players care about those types of games because you still have a puncher's chance and you still have an opportunity to potentially play for a national championship. So I think when the games matter to that degree, I do think that it will cut down on the amount of opt-outs for the top 12 teams. Cause I think that you will see players care more about the games. The problem is right now is that not a lot of players care about any of these bowl games outside of the two playoff games in that matchup. Right. So making more games matter. Although some people are against 12. I think 12 team is a little too much. If I'm being completely honest from just a quality of football perspective, but the fact that you're making more games matter, I think will cut down on how many players opt out in those games. I agree. Completely. Yep, absolutely. All right. Jason, thank you for the question. We're going to move on to Jeremy Rhodes had a question. He said, do our young linebackers get more playing time this week? Of course, he's ta- referring to Jalen Sneed, Nolan Ziegler is another player, Prince Kali, sophomore linebacker for Notre Dame. And pr- I guess we can count Junior Tui Lamaki, even though he is playing mostly Viper during this game. Yeah, I mean, I I think there's a good possibility that that will be the case. I mean, they're they're not going to cut off their nose despite their face. They're not going to just bench guys to get young guys time. I mean, they want to win the game. So whoever they trust the most to be in there is going to play. I would think that at this point in the season, some of those guys will get some extra time. And and we all know that, you know, not that it matters, but they passed the rule that the bowl game doesn't count towards red shirting and all of those different things. And so there's really – no reason not to get those guys on the field, but I think it's going to be, if they are, that's going. there's going to be a plan. You know what I mean? Like it's going to be, okay, third series you're in, fifth series you're in, or whatever the case may be. Um, but I hope, I hope so. I mean, we've heard a lot of good things about these young guys. I want to see them on the field. I want to see their athleticism on the field, uh, yep. of course, but I also want to win the game. And if they're athletic and they're running down the ball and they're doing what they're supposed to do and they're getting in the right place, awesome. But if you just put mm-hmm. them out there because they're athletic and they don't really know what they're doing, I'd rather them be on the sideline. So it's just kind of a toss up. But I mean, and I'm not saying that that's the case. Right. Number one priority is to win the game. Second mm-hmm. priority is getting guys in. Yeah, I, I think for me, I mean, do, do some of the young linebackers need to play? Absolutely in this football game. I, I, I think so. Do we, this is what I expect, right? And this is based upon trends that we've seen. Prince Kali has played more football. I expect him to play and hopefully at a higher rate than he even has over the last few weeks. Jalen Sneed is a player that we saw almost none of early on in the season. The last couple games, you're starting to see yep. a little bit more, a little bit more. I expect him to have more playing time. 
Now, ultimately, will it happen? I mean, we're speculating at this point, right? We're not in the meeting rooms. We're not watching practice. We don't know what the plan is per se, but I do expect Jalen Sneed to be on the field more than he has. I expect Prince Kali to play football for sure. The fun one, I think, is Nolan Ziegler because we've heard a lot of good things about him in bowl prep so far. And yeah. it's it's going to be interesting to see if he's used, how he's used, because he's a player that I think some people should be excited about if he does get an opportunity to play. But, I mean, again, I think that it's it's going to be an, a it's going to be a telling story for Notre Dame but on both sides of the football. If they took this opportunity for the 15 practices to truly have those open conversations and do what's best for the team, or if it's just, you know, just kind of finishing out and then starting fresh in the spring. I think that you have to let those kids play. But, again, we'll see on Friday what it looks like. But I think that guys like Prince Colley, Jalen Sneed, Nolan Siegel, I think they are earning the right to play. So I hopefully, I yeah. hope that we do see him on Friday. I do. It's just, it, it's also, from a coaching standpoint, I mean, you can speak to this. You were a linebacker. Like, it's difficult to get a bunch of guys in there. I mean, we're talking about potentially playing, what, eight different linebackers, nine different mm-hmm. linebackers at times, right? Yeah. That's not an easy yeah. thing to juggle either. Mm-hmm. Yep. No, no doubt. It's a, um, it's difficult to make because people say like, you know, rotate more, rotate more, but like rotations are tough sometimes, right, man. Exactly. It's, it's not an exact science. It's really not because there's a feel to rotating and it's not like three plays you're out three plays you're right. in. It's like, there's situations that matter more where you want certain players in. So it's difficult, but again, I, I hope that the staff does do a better job of getting some younger players in. I do. Vince, I want to bring up this one because it made me laugh. Irish Blooded said he's Brian <laughs> Polian ranked higher. So funny, funny. I, I need to pull up the list from Big Game Boomer, who had Brian Mason 12th in the list, if I remember correctly. He had Pete Lembo from South Carolina at number one, which is very deserving. I was not asking Brian Mason to be number one on the list because Pete is obviously a great special teams coach. So respect to him in that regard. But I do believe that Brian Pullian was ranked pretty high. If I remember correctly, I think he was like 16th or something like that. I'm like, guys, <laughs> wow. big, big game boomer. Tell me you haven't watched football without telling me you haven't watched football. That's an example Seriously. right there. Well, some of, his lists, some of his lists are just outlandish. They're, they're absolutely ridiculous. And that's why they're fun to bring up because yes. they're stupid and not even close to reality for the most part. Uh, but yeah, that's wow. That's yes. terrible. Oh, man, it's absolutely wild. I mean, I, I don't know Brian Polian personally. I'm sure he's a nice man and everything, but he's he's not a good special teams coach. Like, it's, it's just not. Just his not. family's really nice. His daughter played basketball for me. Super sweet little girl. Uh, yeah. But that – and his family's super nice. But, you know, you can be bad at your job and be a nice person too. I've seen that many times. So I mean, that's, I mean look at me right now. So it's <laughs> I know you're you're an a hole and you're great at your job. I mean that's oh I was about to say hopefully oh, okay. people don't agree with what I just said. Uh-huh. <laughs> they were like, yeah, he's really nice, but he sucks at his job. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Nick P said, Vince, can we get a IB show where Vince just breaks down special teams, Ooh. please? Can we I make mean, that? I'd have to I'd have to get out the whiteboard and we're talk coverages <laughs> and all kinds of fun stuff. I I'll bring in my son as a special guest since he's a kicker punter. And uh, we'll have some fun with that. So Love I it. highly doubt that uh, Brian would want that on the channel, but I could do it. <laughs> somebody somebody needs to go on the – if you're on the board at <laughs> board.irishbreakdown.com, you need to start – somebody needs to go start a post of, of, a, of a petition beginning to let Vince do special teams talk every single week. Someone go do that right now. Do it right now. All right. 
Next one, next one. We had Mr. 2.0. Thank you for the question. So, Vince, did you have Ron Paulus the third in class or coach him at Penn? Uh, no, I've only been at Penn for the last uh, four and a half months. And, of course, we know that RP3 has been at Notre Dame for a couple of years now. Uh, now, I do – I've watched him play many, many times. I've played – I've coached against him. Uh, but, obviously, I never had him in class. His little brother is actually a starting linebacker at Penn mm-hmm. right now. He's pretty pretty hard-nosed player. Um, but, uh, but, no, I never had RP3. I don't know him very specifically. I've heard stories. Not going to say whether they were good, bad, or indifferent. But, uh, you know – no, I never had him at all. So I'll leave it at that. <laughs> all right. I'll have to check out his little brother, man. Maybe you piqued my he's, interest a little he's bit. A, right? He's a little hard-nosed hitter. I mean, there's no doubt about it. He was. It's funny because he was a quarterback in middle mm. school. Uh, he is a current junior, I believe. So he's the class of 24. And uh, he was a quarterback in middle school, but he's a starting linebacker in a 4-4. Uh, I believe he's a middle linebacker, too, I believe. Uh, in a four-four defense, and he he can hit. I mean, he's undersized. I mean, he's not going to go anywhere, but he, he's uh, he's not afraid to hit somebody. That's for sure. Love it, love it, love it. We had a question from Robert McReynolds. It's a great name, by the way. I've heard <laughs> a lot of positive talk about Jalen Sneed leading up to the bowl game. Is he going to get a chance to start or substantial playing time? I mean, this kind of goes into our linebacker talk a second ago. Robert, I, I don't expect him to start in the football game, but I expect I expect personally, and this is not there's no intel part of this conversation. It's just about trends, right? Like I'm a big guy for trends, and the last couple of weeks we've seen more and more of Jalen Sneed, so I expect more of him in this football game. And they've had 15 bowl preps to really kind of get him going, acclimate him a little bit into the game plan, right? So I expect to see Jalen a lot more. I don't expect him to start, but I really think that if the coaching staff took again if they took the 15 practices the way that you typically should getting guys opportunities to prove themselves again it's almost like a reset and i think that jalen sneed is a player that needs to play football man he's your probably your most athletic linebacker on the depth chart so getting him an opportunity to play against the south carolina team that is going to most likely spread the field a little bit more and work in space a little bit more i, I think that getting jalen sneed in there for me vince is a necessity in this football game. I really do. Yeah, I have no problem with it whatsoever. I, like I said, I don't think he's going to start, uh, but no. I think we've, we've heard good things about, you know, both groups or, you know, all, a lot of the younger guys. And again, well, we can kind of go through, we already went through kind of the younger guys and look, I'm excited about the next generation of linebackers at Notre Dame. I, I don't even know how else to say it. I, I'm with everybody. But again, your first priority is to win the game. You got to put the guys out there that you want that are going to win the game for you. Yep. No doubt. No doubt. So we had a next question from Jason Rose. Hey guys, why does coach Washington take heat for losing Keon Keely and Jason Moore, but nobody talks about coach Dylan McCullough losing Jaden Lamar and Dylan Edwards. I have concerns for Washington, but I'm just curious. Um, Okay. So if I can take this one real quick, Vince. Yep. So the the difference, Jason, the difference is, and I'm going to start with coach McCullough, the difference, because the big difference is here. One, Dylan Edwards was not recruited to play running back at Notre Dame. He was not. Dylan Edwards was recruited to play a gadget-type role, wide receiver mostly, gadget-type. So was he going to potentially play some in the backfield? Yes, he was, but he wasn't a true running back. So while Coach McCullough led that recruitment, it's not technically a running back recruit for Notre Dame. That's first. Second is I think there's context to every recruit that you lose, right? Absolutely. 
Dylan Edwards left for Colorado because of Deion Sanders, partly, but then also because of what he was offered. And we, we, we've talked about that story you know, a million times at this point. There are some things that Notre Dame just can't match. And if that is a kid that is driven by money, Notre Dame can't do anything about that, right? So like, I don't hold that one especially against Coach McCullough. I don't. The Jaden Lamar one, look, they wanted Jaden Lamar in the class. But the fact that Coach McCullough had done such an incredible job recruiting Jeremiah Love, who I would argue is an elite talent at the position coming out of Christian Brothers in St. Louis, you were okay as a staff letting Jaden Lamar go because he was honest with you. You wish him well. Hopefully he does really well at Oregon, right? So I, I don't think that you can hold either one of those necessarily against Coach McCullough. But what I can hold against Coach Washington, and this is kind of the difference, is Keon Keeley, I give him a little bit of a – I give him a slight pass, not a full pass, because I think there was some things that could have been done better, but Keon didn't leave because he didn't have a good relationship with Al Washington. He left because of the the what Alabama could provide for him from the track to the NFL. And then if there was more compensation on the side, we've talked about that. Like that's part of the conversation. That's part of the conversation. Jason Moore is a big miss by Al Washington. Massive miss. They were leading for Jason Moore when he was hired. And missed out on a really good football player that's now going to Ohio State. That's a miss. Braden Fisk was a miss for Al Washington. Braden Davis Swain decommitting in the 2024 class is also a, a you know, it's, it's a miss for Al Washington, and you aren't trending great with a couple of the high-profile defensive linemen on the board of 2024. It's not just one or two instances for Al Washington. It's kind of like the overarching spectrum of 2023 and 2024 recruiting. There's been a few too many misses already in only a year. Dylan McCullough, on the other hand, you get Jeremiah Love, elite talents. You got Jabron Payne to come on board very late after he was released from his letter of intent from Indiana last year. You already have a 2024 recruit in Aeneas Williams committed in the class for Notre Dame. So I just think that, I mean, it's apples to oranges in this situation. There's been a lot of misses from Coach Washington's side of things, and I just don't think that there's been nearly to that degree with Coach McCullough. He's gotten Jeremiah Love, who I think is an elite-level talent, you got Aeneas Williams in next class. You got Jabron Payne, who was a four-star level recruit before the injury. So I think that you've gotten three very good running backs over the 2022, 2023, and 2024 cycles to Coach McCullough's credit. That's already adding to a really deep running back room. And I think the defensive line room is one that needs to be continued to be upgraded. And you've now missed on Jason Moore, Brandon Davis Swain decommitting. You've gotten late with, with Justin Scott, a guy that should have been a foregone conclusion to Notre Dame. You missed on Braden Fisk. So I just think that there's more pressure right now for me on where you are from the yep. Al Washington perspective. So agree. I I couldn't have said it better myself. I agree with everything you just said. So good job. All right. And I guess we can knock this one out real quick, Vince, and just say it's from Nick Nicholas Gross. She said, Any more any more news on Sam Hartman? Will he be an upgrade? If so, why I think he was trying to say there. So Nicholas, if you're not signed up boards.com, go set up now because there is an intel piece on the same Hartman situation. We're not going to comment on it because, one, he is not committed to Notre Dame right now. He's in the transfer portal. And we're going to be focused on the bowl game this week on Friday, the Gator Bowl between Notre Dame and South Carolina. But if you want to start to have a conversation piece about Sam Hartman, go to boards.irishbreakdown.com, and then when there is news pertaining to his situation, then we'll comment on it then. Yep. And there will be plenty of conversation yes. about that moving forward once the bowl game takes place. Because Sam Hartman's not committing anywhere 
at the very least until after the bowl game. So mm-hmm. we'll have plenty of conversation about that moving forward. No doubt. No doubt. And then we are going to go now. A lot of great questions today, by the way. I just want to throw with this comment. Ryan Loftus said, just tuning in. Great to see Vince in the daytime slot. Yes, what happens when you get two weeks off of your regular job? <laughs> <laughs> Woo! I know. And now Vince has to do double duty. So yeah, it's, all back, man. it's all it's good. It's all good. All right. So then we're going to go to Bobby L. Thank you for the question. Getting in here late. But how do you see – South Carolina having any way of limiting Notre Dame's running game, any way of limiting their running game, Vince? Yeah, I mean, look, the, the way that they're going to be able to limit Notre Dame's running game is by stacking the box and, and putting just too many hats in the box. Even then, I still think Notre Dame can have some success in the running game. They give up almost 200 yards a game. Notre Dame I has at least four games, I want to say, uh, over 200 yards rushing. So, I mean, they're going to run the football. If anybody has been watching Notre Dame this year, that's their first priority is to run the football and there's going to be a concerted effort to run the football. And now you have a quarterback that's also going to be involved in the run game. So my suggestion towards Tommy Reese and the offensive game plan, don't get cute in the running game. Just run it straight ahead. That is when teams have had the most success against South Carolina. If you're faking, you're doing all kinds of stuff in the backfield and you allow South Carolina to bring pressure and get to it. That is when you don't have success, run it right at them. Power football, run it right. I'm fine with read option. That's that's still a run it right at them situation because you can run power read. You can do a lot of different things. You can RPO it. You can do some stuff of that nature. But run it right at this defense because Notre Dame is more talented in the run game than South Carolina is at stopping the run. It, it, just, it just is. And so yeah. the only way that they're going to be able to limit it is they put too many hats in the box, but then Notre Dame has to take advantage passing the game or passing the ball. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I think that you're going to see South Carolina try to load up the box to your point, Vince, and try to stop the run that way. I think that there's a world where even if they do that, Notre Dame can still be successful running the football. But I think it comes down to your ability to win outside the numbers a little bit. And that's right. as the passing in the passing game for sure. But then also, I don't want Tyler Buckner to run a ton in this football game. Right. But I do want him to be able to pick his spots so that you have to, you have to, look at Tyler Buckner as a true threat, right? If he's a true threat, then that extra overhang defender or extra edge defender is going to have to look at him and is going to have to keep in tain and not be able to be a guy that can just crash down a ton. So I think that it comes down to the quarterback position as far as – because I think that's, for me, Vince, like – well, against USC, like, for instance, they didn't run the ball particularly well. They ran the ball okay, but not well. Right, right. And – I think that for me, like Drew Pine did some nice stuff in the passing game, but he never was enough of a threat in that football game for USC to do anything differently to yeah. slow him down. You know, like they just they never respected him enough to be like, yep, yeah. all right, you're you're a great passer. Right. We're going to vacate the box. Like that just wasn't the thing for me. Yep. So all great right. question, Bobby. Me, thanks. Yeah, it was a great question. Nicholas Groach said, okay, can we use a tackle at tight end to run a one? I guess that's supposed to be by three, but. I... Oh, one by three on short yardage, et cetera. I mean, you can. I mean, Notre Dame has tight ends. They could bring in an extra tackle. I mean, of course you can do that. You know, run a little king queen or whatever you want to call the unbalanced line or however mm-hmm. you want to do it. But <clears throat> do you need to in this game? I don't know that you 
do, Ryan. I I don't know that that gives Notre Dame a huge advantage, to be honest with you. I, I don't think you change what you do offensively. I think you change the percentages of what you do, right? Sure. A little bit more of the – a little bit more of maybe a, a little more zone in this football game yeah. from a running perspective, a little more of the true dropback stuff, moving the pocket a little bit in the passing game. So I think you just – you supplement how you run the game as far as your run versus pass ratio. But I don't think you like come out and have to be exotic, right? Like Notre Dame should be able to line up and move the football against South Carolina. I don't think they have to get cute with it. Right. And I think even though that's a heavy personnel, so I guess some people would be like, that's not cute. That's like, you know, rough (laughs) and tough or whatever, but like, it's still any, anytime you do something that you're not comfortable with and something that's foreign to you, I consider that a little bit of a cute thing. So, I agree with you. And there, there's going to be – look, it's a bowl game. You've had a month to prepare. There's going to be some wrinkles that we haven't seen from Notre Dame, either offensively or defensively. That's going to happen. Could that be a wrinkle that they have? Maybe they see something in the South Carolina defense where they want to get, like, Tosh Baker uh, uh, attached to one of the sides. Okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, if they see something and they think they can take advantage of it, great. Uh, I just don't know that that gives you a whole lot. Uh, but – I'm not studying the film as closely as Notre Dame is either. So if they see something where they think that they can do that and they, they think Tosh can come in and be a better blocker than one of the tight ends. Okay. I mean, I'm not against it by any stretch of the imagination. I, I still think Notre Dame needs a short yard. You know? Yeah. So yeah. that's fine. Yeah. I mean, I mean, if they're, they're short yard situation where you want to bring Tosh or somebody else like that to your point, Vincent to run the football, like, sure. I'm good with that. Yeah. I'm good with that. So yeah, go ahead. Yeah, want to throw this one up. Craig D, who is a great member of the board and the chat just said, just hopping on. Hope all had a Merry Christmas. You as well, Craig. Hope you had a good one as well as as well as everybody else out there. Wanted to go to We Are Not Marshals and Vince Ryan. How confident are you in this passing attack? Who will be Buckner's security blanket in this game? That's Ooh. interesting. That is I, interesting. Can I hope that he doesn't have a security blanket? Like, I, I hope that he goes through his reads and he throws it to whoever is open. Um, yeah. I don't, I'm kind of to, to that degree. I'm glad that Michael Mayer isn't playing now to win the game. I wish Michael Mayer was playing. Okay. Uh, but I don't yeah. want there to be a security blanket. I want there to be Hey, I need to go through it. I need to figure out who's going to be open and that's who I'm going to throw it to. I don't want him throwing into double and triple coverage as we saw a lot of times this past year. Okay. Uh, right, because Notre Dame's not going to have a Michael Mayer on the on the field that can make that a positive for Notre Dame. So I'm hoping there isn't a security blanket. Now, how confident I am in the passing game? I'm still confident in Tyler Buckner as a passer. I am. Saw a lot of it during practice. He, he's. We'll see. I mean, I, I don't want to. Yeah. Again, I don't want to sound like a homer here, but he's a better passer than a lot of people give him credit for, and I hope he's able to put that on display in this game. Yep. And I mean, Vince, I mean, I, I feel like I am very, I'm very hopeful and very, I don't want to say confident. I am optimistic about several parts of the passing game, potentially, you know, yeah. like I, I am a believer in Tyler Buckner's talents. I am. Sure. If, he, if he can put it together, I still think he'd be a very good player. I'm a believer in Deion Colsey's talent. I'm a believer in Jaden Thomas as a at slot receiver. I'm a believer in Tobias Merriweather's talent. I'm a believer in the running backs. I'm a believer in this offensive line. Right. You have all the elements to be a very good passing attack, but how confident am I? I mean, I'm not very confident at all right now. Like, I'm just anxious right. to see it. Right. I get that. Because they, they have all the talent to do it. It's just you haven't seen it yet, right? So I'm hopeful, but 
we'll see what happens, obviously. Because yeah. I, I think there's a lot of positives parts of this passing attack. I really do. A safety blanket. Um, I know you said that you hope there's not one. I would say for me, I think Deion Colsey has become a little bit of a money player over the last few weeks. Sure. So maybe it's him. Down. Yeah. Yeah. And if you're not going to have as much tight end production, maybe Jane Thomas in the slot could be another guy that might give you something like that. So, all right. Have some more questions rolling in here. Good question, though. We are not Marshall. Appreciate you. We're going to go to Billy Platter. What numbers do you think Buckner will put up considering he hasn't really uh, played really this season? you have any predictions for that early, Vince? First of all, I hate predicting passing game numbers because if you'd have told me that Notre Dame was going to beat Clemson and Drew Pine was going to throw for 95 yards or 85 yards or whatever it was, I'd be like, well, that's not going to happen. So, you know, so predicting passing numbers is really tough. I mean, I would like to see him around the 200-yard mark in passing and about the 50 to 75-yard mark running. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, that's what I would like to see. Yeah. It could go either direction, though, if I'm being honest. I mean, he's going to have opportunities to run the ball, but he's definitely going to have opportunities to throw the ball. So um, I'll, I'll put it up like 200 and then 75 uh, as far as numbers. But it doesn't have to be that for him to be successful. And he could have that exact stat line and look like crap. So, I mean, there's it's it is – it's I need to see the game to really decide whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. Right. Right. And I'm going to just completely avoid this question on myself. I'm <laughs> sure we're going to do a, I'm sure we're going to do a prediction yeah, about this at some point. That's so true. that's true. Yeah. I, that's, that's where I am with it, man. I think that, I think that I, I'm hopeful for what Tyler's going to do in the game, but I'll have a thing of deeper prediction a little later in the week. Keep them I also don't want to jinx it. Is that weird that I don't want to jinx it either? Like, no. <laughs> Because this is my only show prior to the game, as far as like during the day, except for the pregame show on Friday. So yeah, I'm I'm a little easier going after it. But you guys are gonna have a couple shows, so you know. I I feel like I'm keeping the expectations low on it too, Vince, because I just want to be surprised. You I know, know. Like, I want to be surprised well, in a good way. Yes, exactly. Exactly. I know. Exactly. <clears throat> we had a question from Irish Blooded who said over under on how many snaps Mitchell Evan takes on short yardage and for bonus points. How many attempts and completions does he have? I hope they retire the Mitchell Evans on short yardage at this point. <laughs> uh, at least if it's a yard or more, they need to mm-hmm. retire it completely. If it's like an inch, okay. But guess what? You now have a running quarterback. Now, he is yeah. not as big and strong and long as Mitchell Evans, so I get sure. why you would have him back there. So I'll take the over-under. I'll put the over-under at like a half, and I'll say over uh on snaps he takes on short yardage and i'll set it the same number at 0.5 for attempts and completions and i'll say under i'm gonna say under on the 0.5 i'm gonna gonna say mitchell evans does not take a snap under center this week it doesn't i look man i don't mind the mitchell evans short yardage stuff in the right spot i just think (laughs) it just got too much there at the end of the season but being i mean I understand why you want a quarterback sneak, right? Like I get it, especially in like the fourth and inches, third and inches type of thing. But you also have a 230 pound battering ram at running back, right? Like just exactly. I don't know. I don't know. I I would rather have Tyler Buckner under center and you give Estime a running start, you know, behind the quarterback and let him have your short yardage. That that's, I'm sorry, but the South Carolina front seven doesn't scare me enough that I don't think yes. this offensive line and Audric Estime can pick up a yard. I just, it right. doesn't. Yep. 
Yep. I mean, that's where, that's where I am too, man. And honestly, I, I just look, I, I want Mitchell Evans to develop as a tight end at Notre Dame, right? Like I don't want him to have to be a glorified quarterback sneak artist. Like it's just exactly. It's a little counterproductive. And I think that you can allocate responsibilities to different players at a better rate. Chief Brody said, do you think Buckner's bold performance will hold any weight in them securing Sam Hartman, not from a Notre Dame perspective, from, from his um, perspective as a player? Uh, Vince, can I just say this? Yeah. And this, is, this is not even just a Sam Hartman-centric question, right? I think this is more just a transfer portal conversation because we've talked about this before a little bit. I think Notre Dame is going to take a transfer quarterback no matter who, the, no matter how – if Tyler Buckner goes for 400 yards – in the bowl game, it looks fantastic. You still take a transfer quarterback because you need depth in that room. I mean, this is this is the fact of it, folks. I think that we are all just kind of had this foregone conclusion that whoever the transfer quarterback is, whether Sam Hartman, whoever else comes in, they are the de facto starting quarterback. And that may end up being the case, but we know for a fact that no quarterback that is in the portal right now that Notre Dame has looked at has been promised the starting spot at Notre Dame. They haven't been promised it. So they're going to have to come in. They're going to have to compete. And there is a possibility where the transfer quarterback next year is a backup to Tyler Buckner when all is said and done. Like that option is still on the table if he is the best man for the job. So I think that it's more about the depth aspect of everything. If you get a great quarterback in the portal that can be your starter and lead you to a lot of victories, it's fantastic. But if Tyler Buckner is the dude and he takes that next step and he's that guy and he's able to stay healthy and you just – spend a scholarship on a really good backup quarterback, it's not a bad thing either. So I think for me, it's just more about strengthening the room as a whole, not necessarily just foregone conclusion starter. Right. And I don't, I don't see it changing the mind of whoever comes in to Notre Dame as a transfer quarterback either, depending on what happens. Cause it's one game. I mean, mm-hmm. you, you can, there's a lot. I mean, Spencer Rattler had the game of his life against Tennessee Mm-hmm. that doesn't mean he's the world's best quarterback, right? If I'm transferring into Notre Dame and I'm a quarterback and I've been a starter elsewhere and I know that there's now two and a half games of Tyler Buckner as a starting quarterback at Notre Dame, I still feel like I'm better and I feel like yeah. I'm going to come in and compete for the job and win it. So mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I don't feel like the play of Tyler Buckner has anything to do with the transfer decision of any quarterback out there. I still think, Notre Dame is still a place that guys want to come to, okay? And whether it's Sam Hartman or otherwise, somebody's going to come in and they're going to want to start at the University of Notre Dame because it can not only help their draft status, but it can help their pocketbooks as well, being the starter in Notre Dame. So, I I mean, the point blank period to advance because there's a couple great notes is that not only as a play, as a quarterback or a transporter player in general not been offered starting job right off the bat, right? Like they have to come in and compete. They, Notre Dame also is is having the impact that they the impact that they have at the transfer portal is also based upon making the academic side work right, and then also they're not going to offer the handouts. I mean that's right. true from the recruiting side and then to the transfer portal side. Notre Dame's not offering a ton of money up front for these players to come no. play Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. It's it's just so if you, if that's the case, I mean why am I going to guarantee something right? Like you don't guarantee anything. You say we really like your film. You come in, you compete. If you're the best guy for the job, you're the best guy. And I think that if it's yeah. Sam Hartman or whoever else it is, they have to like their opportunity, right? Like they don't need a mm-hmm. guarantee. They just, I mean, the kid, Sam Hartman threw 110 touchdowns in the ACC, right? Like he's a pretty yeah. good quarterback. Right. I'm, su- I'm sure he isn't worried about competing for a starting job. 
I'm sure he isn't it's because he thinks that he's the best guy for the job, right? right. I mean, it's what it comes down to. So yeah, yep. All right, good question though, Chief Brody. Uh, I think you had a second part, but uh, furthermore, how much weight will you place on the game given how long he has been out? If he has a shocker and lights lights it up, will it change your opinion on him either way? Will change the opinion? I think a little bit. I mean, because I think that we've seen a lack of development. So if he takes a big step forward and has a great game. Yep. Going into the offseason, that's a positive sign for development. But it's, Absolutely. I mean, it's not about talent for me, Vince. It's always been about is he going to be available and is he going to be able yeah. to develop because he just hasn't been available enough, unfortunately. Yeah, I mean, he, he's going to need, if he goes out there, he makes it the game healthy. He does a lot of the things that we know that he can do, that we've seen him do in practice. He's going through his reads. He's accurate. He's running the ball with confidence. Like, he does all of that. Then I feel maybe more confident about the competition that is going to take place in spring ball. Right. I, and I feel like it's going to be a, a pretty heated competition. If he goes out there and he gets hurt or he's just not accurate, making some bad decisions and things like that, then I don't know that the competition is going to be as close because you are building your resume, whether it's positive or negative. Right. And I, I don't want to say that it's make or break, but it's going to be part of the evaluation process. It's going to be part of it. Right. So if he right. does really well, it'll be part of it. If he does really poorly, it's going to be part of it. So, sure. you know, it's going to be part of it. And so we'll see what it looks like. And and I'll have plenty to say on that during the postgame show and tell you that, you know, where where my confidence level will lie with Tyler Buckner going into the offseason and going into spring ball. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yeah, I've seen a couple of people in the chat, Vance, also talk about, you know, a transfer quarterback's not coming to sit on the bench. Sure. They, they don't have that intention. That's not his but, anticipation. Right. But if it happens, it happens, right? Like there's been, right. you act like there's no quarterback or no player that's ever transferred that didn't win the starting job, right? It, of course, that's not the intention. The point is, is that it's not just being offered out front. The person that comes to Notre Dame at quarterback is going to have to win the job. Like that's just a point blank period. This isn't one of those Quinn Ewer situations in Texas right. where no matter how well the guy behind him plays, that he's going to get a, a fair shake, right? And we know that that's kind of a little bit of the case what happened in Texas. Quinn Ewers was always going to be a starter. The point is, is that Notre Dame is not offer is not telling the transfer quarterbacks that you are the starter day one no matter what. So that's not – that's just right. not what's happening. That's, so, I mean, he, he or any other quarterback that's coming to Notre Dame knows there's a possibility that he gets beat out for the starting job. And if you get beat out for the starting job, you're on the bench. Like, they know <laughs> that that's a possibility coming in. Nothing is being promised. So whoever that guy is knows what is on the table. They know what exactly. is, what's at stake. Yep. It's not, like, it's not like whoever it is can just come in and just stink it up for months and then he's still the starter, right? Like right. that's the point. They have to be on their game. They have to right. play hard. They have and to that's what, do their job. That's what certain guys last year wanted to come to Notre Dame. They wanted a promise of being the starter. And mm-hmm. Notre Dame wasn't willing to do that to their credit. And now that particular quarterback is transferring again. So, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, I like it. 
Uh, can we please not have this Tyler Buckner slander stuff in the in the chat? Can we just let the kid play and see what happens, man? Jeez. Oh, God, I hate this stuff sometimes. All right, I'm uh, going on to Adam Blair. Thank you for the question, right? Is it outrageous to compare Jaden Greathouse to Michael Thomas? I So I, I think that Jaden, for me, is a little more of a true inside-out guy than what Michael Thomas is, you know, well, when he plays anyway. Hmm. I, I think he's a little more physical too. What, what Michael Thomas, what made Michael Thomas so good when he was healthy for the Saints for the last couple of years is that he just had a really innate sense of spacing and how to get into soft zones and was a consistent catcher of the football. So I, I get those, I get the the comparison in that regard, Adam. But I, I think that for me, Jane's just a little bit more of an inside out guy. Like I don't think he's just a slot receiver at the next level. I think he can play X well. In Notre Dame system, it's not X, but he can play into the boundary. He can play to the field right. a little bit. He can play in the slot. Just a little bit of a different player, in my opinion. All right, we had another question from We Are Not Marshall, Vince. And Vince Ryan, does Tommy Reese uh, – the, the the shade on this question. Does, does Tommy Reese get Tyler Buckner in a groove early, <laughs> or does he hang the kid out to dry and run a vertical after two running plays to make it third and ten? I mean, he's not going to do that on purpose. I mean, that, that is not how he's going to set up the offensive game plan, I wouldn't think. So, mm-hmm. yes, he is going to try to get Tyler Buckner in a groove early. That's what he did for Drew Pine. I believe that's what he will do for Tyler Buckner. So, uh, no, I do not think that that is what he's going to do. Run the ball twice, throw it vertical, and that's it. So Yes. <laughs> but, you know. Yes. The, the I'm sh- sure if it's not the perfect game plan, if it's not the perfect called game that – you know, Tommy Reese we'll he, is going to we'll, we'll hear, hear about, about it. it. Yeah. Yes. We'll hear about it. And, uh, yep. man, I mean, I was at the Marshall game, so you're making me relive this right now. We are Mar- not Marshall, but we'll uh, <laughs> move on. We had from Milton fan. We had a super chat. Oh, Thank super you, chat. Milton fan. Woo-hoo. Yep. So do we see more three, five, three going forward for Notre Dame? I, I, so three, three, five. Yes. So three, three down linemen, three linebackers, five defensive backs. I think we will see a little bit more of that moving moving forward. Three five three is a completely different animal, though. That's five def- That's five linebackers on the field or five second level defenders. It's just a little bit different than what a three three five is. But I think with w- how Notre Dame is recruiting, I think it would make a lot of sense. Brian Driscoll made a great point about this. I guess it was on yesterday's show, or maybe it was a Saturday show about. Maybe that's their move is that they're moving to more to a three, three, five type of alignments, because I think that you now have some edge rushers, mainly in like a Joshua Burnham vein. That is more of a hybrid, true hybrid player that can play a little bit more off ball, can play on ball at points. And then you're getting a lot longer on the defensive line in the 2023 class and then moving forward. So I I don't know, Vince, I think there might be some more three, three, five implications because that is what Marcus Freeman did a lot at Cincinnati. So he does like that type of stuff. Yeah, no, for sure. And I know that the ire of Notre Dame Nation gets all upset when they see three down linemen. I get it, Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, especially when you're getting run on uh, a good a good amount. So if you're going to run the three three five, you need to be able to stop the run. And you know, if they're going to do it, they need to be able to stop the run. So we'll see what happens. And you know, not having Isaiah Foskey, maybe we see a little bit more of that. I mean, it's definitely a possibility, but I still think their base is going to be four down. Yeah. Yep, and I think the three 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 five to your question, Milton fan, is a very easy adjustment to get to four down linemen as a four two five alignment. So right. appreciate the question. And then he also had a question, Vince. Uh, it's just Milton fan asked, how does Chris Tyree get more reps in the bowl game? Just depends on the game plan and it depends on how they want to attack the South Carolina defense because 
I do think Notre Dame is a faster team than South Carolina, and I think they can make some waves on the outside. I mean, Will Shipley had uh, a lot of uh, he had a lot of success on the outside of the offense, right? And mm-hmm. I can tell you right now that Chris Tyree is faster than Will Shipley, so if you can get him the ball outside, I think Tyree can have some success out there. So it just depends on how they want to go after it and how they want to attack this defense. Again, I still think running right at these guys is the way to go, but you. You need to go inside, outside. You need to to switch it up. And so, yeah, I would love to see Tyree get some more reps. There's no doubt about it. I would love to see some two-back stuff in the bowl game and see Chris Tyree run a little bit more outside, and then you get the hammer down inside with Diggs and Estimate. That's what I would love to see. But what will we see? I don't know, man. We'll see in Friday. Yep. yep. All right, and then we have the last question here, Vince, unless we get a couple more that come in late. Corey Schmida? Schmida? Apologize, Corey, if I'm pronouncing that wrong. How much of your hesitancy with the passing game is related to the coordination of it? That was to my my point earlier about, you know, what I'm expecting from the passing game. I mean, Corey, it's part of it, right? I mean, look, I I think that for me, some people always are like, you have to be on one side of the the conversation or you have to be on the other, right? Like there's never any middle ground. Uh, But I think that there is a true middle ground here because part of it is – Tyler Buckner's inexperienced and he didn't play very good, very well. He played bad the last time we saw him against Marshall, right? Like that's part of the hesitancy. The other part of the hesitancy is that you don't have your best offensive player in, in Michael Mayer in this game. So you have uncertainty at wide receiver talents for sure, which is why there's a lot of optimism, but there's not a lot of proven commodities at wide receiver right now. That's part of the hesitancy. And then yes, part of the hesitancy is, you know, do I trust Tommy Reese's offense to open it up? I'm hopeful that it happens, yeah. but until I see it, I can't say that it's going to happen, right? So is it a part of the hesitancy? Absolutely. Is it the majority of it? No, it's really not. The majority of it is everything combined. That's just my my standpoint on it. Yep. A couple more quarterback questions, and then we'll get out of here, Ryan. Yep. Here's here's one from John Banco. Percentage mm-hmm. of snaps that Steve Angeli will get. He will get the same amount of percentage of snaps that every number two quarterback gets i don't think this is going to be a timeshare situation i think it's a one two situation so the only way steve angeli is getting snapped is if Notre Dame's winning by a lot and i mean is, is that possible yes yeah. i think it, if i set the number at five percent i think i'm taking the under man I, I don't know what the percentage would be but i think you make a good point vince I, at first when we heard that tyler buckner was going to play my immediate response was that it's going to be a little bit of a timeshare at quarterback and steve's going to play a ton but just with what we're hearing and just kind of some of the comments from, from Marcus Freeman, I do think that this is Tyler's game, man. Yeah, I do I think do it's too. his game. And then if Steve's needed, Steve's needed. So I hope he gets some play in time because if he gets play in time in this game, that probably means that you have a good outcome most likely, yes. more more likely than not. So I hope we see him a little bit, but I just – I'm not sure. I'm really not. I mean, if Tyler Buckner gets hurt, Steve Angeli plays. I mean, this is a very yes. simple question to answer. I mean, he's the number two quarterback. If, if he gets hurt – then number two guy comes in. I mean, that's just the way it is. I, I do feel like this is a strict number one, number two situation. I don't think there's going to be like an Angeli package or anything like that. So, mm-hmm. uh, and then the last one that I starred right here from Jason Smith. Do you think it helped Tyler Buckner being in the box with Tommy Reese to see things, how Tommy Reese sees them a different perspective where he can see the whole field? I think that that can help tremendously, in my opinion, Vince, because, I mean, I, I always see this with, like, quarterbacks making the transition from college to the NFL sometimes, is that 
some guys need to just play football, right? And need the live bullets and need that experience. But then there's other quarterbacks that need to sit back and watch the game from a different vantage point. So I think it can help for sure. I think seeing how Tommy calls a game, what he's trying to do in lot in, you know, in like real time, I think that can help tremendously. And I think also just the general vantage point of seeing it from a different lens can help quarterbacks sometimes. So I hope it does, but I think that can help you definitely get a deeper grasp of what yep. is expected and what you're trying to accomplish as a quarterback. And to understand also the thought process for Tommy Reese behind what he's calling and why he's calling it and when he's calling it. I think there is something to be said for that when the quarterback and the coordinator are on the same page. I, I think that there there's part of that as well. So I think there's just no way it could have hurt. I mean, it's mm-hmm. only positive in my opinion. So yep. only positive. Absolutely. So I think we had a couple more roll in here, man. It seems huh? we did. Yeah, we did. Just a couple goofball questions, frankly, uh, which I'm all good with. <laughs> the troll hunter said, what did you Ooh. each get for Christmas? Vince, you still get presents, man. I know you got to, you got to, um, you got to feed an army over there, man. So yeah. I well, I mean, and, and <laughs> we are not Marshall just about hit it on the head. He said, Vince probably got underwear socks and a Notre Dame coffee mug. Um, uh, Definitely got underwear, definitely got uh, that kind of stuff because I'm a dad. I mean, I've been married for almost 20 years. I have five kids. That's when I get new stuff like that. So I'm always excited about the socks and underwear. There's no doubt about that Uh, as far as and then I got I got cash from people because I need to upgrade my business casual wardrobe going from being a gym teacher to being an administrator the wardrobe was very small and I already wore out my dress shoes. And so I needed to get some new dress shoes. So got some money towards those and put an order in yesterday. So well, hopefully those are going to be some good ones. So what about you? What'd you get? I, I mean, it was a very daughter centric nah, yeah. <laughs> Christmas this year, sure. but I mean, pretty much the same, man, you know, new boxers, socks, yep. shoes, like that type of stuff. Got some moccasins, got some new hoodies, like, so pretty much just, Close, yeah, yep. you know, and I'm so. cool with that. Like, I yeah. I don't like shopping, and so if my wife says, "Yeah, you'll look good in this," okay, mm-hmm. sounds good. Like, I'm good with that. My, my mother-in-law did give me one of those. Um, it's like those waterproof speakers that you listen to Ooh, during, nice. like in the shower. So that'll be so nice. Be you, able you to listen to podcasts. To, yeah, you stuff. can re-listen to the podcast in the shower. Oh, I, I never listen to a podcast that I'm on. Man, I hate <laughs> listening to my voice. <laughs> it's not my <laughs> thing. Not my thing at all. I hear you. I hear. But the, the the most important thing, and I'm not saying this to be cheesy, the kids had a great Christmas. I'm sure yes. your daughter had a great Christmas. That's what makes me happy. That's what makes me smile. And my wife puts in so much work to make mm-hmm. sure Christmas is good for the kids. It is an absolute fact that I sit there and watch my kids open presents from mom and dad, and I have no idea what is being opened. I'm that's like, awesome. wow, that's really cool, you know, because my wife does all the work behind the scenes. So I got to give her a heck of a lot of credit for making sure Christmas runs as smooth as possible. Uh, So, yeah. Vince, it was cool for us because last year, my daughter's about to turn two in January. So last year, like she kind of understood Christmas, you know, like the Santa thing, but not a hundred percent this year, dude, she was like, Santa, 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 open, open. <laughs> oh, what's this? What's this? What's this? Open, open. Like, all right. <laughs> that is awesome. That is, that is awesome. Our house, it's yeah. like, hey, did I get the same amount of gifts as this one? Did I get the same amount as that one? It's a very much a competition. Make sure everybody's, yeah. you know, equal. And like, On Christmas, so Christmas morning, we went over my in-laws. Got She got a lot of presents there. But my parents came over later mm. in the day. 
Yep. And my mom is an Italian mom. So like, you know, she goes overboard with everything she does. Love her, yep. but she goes overboard with everything. She got her so many presents halfway through. My daughter literally got up, walked out of the room and just like needed to sit down for a minute. And she's like, this is like <laughs> overloaded with presents, man. It was that just wild. Awesome. Never seen a child walk away from presents like that. Man. Good for your so mom. Funny. Good for yeah. your mom. Just inundating her with presents. That <laughs> right. is awesome. That is awesome. So, all right. Well, I think that's going to do it for this edition of the Irish Breakdown Podcast. I actually have a family bowling get-together to get to in between Irish Breakdown shows. So, I will be back at 6 o'clock with Sean Styers for Ivy Nation Sports Talk. That is going to be our only Ivy Nation Sports Talk show, I believe, this week. So, make sure you tune in at 6 o'clock. I will probably have a sore right hand from bowling, uh, but I'm about to go meet the family at the bowling alley. So, make sure... You check out the message board, hit the like button, subscribe, and the notification bell. Share this podcast. And, of course, leave a five-star review. I love Mace AK and what he does for us. And just he gets us out of here really well. So visit the IB merch store because there's always some great merch over there. So some belated Christmas presents, some New Year's presents, if you will. So make sure you hit that. So for Ryan, I'm Vince. And we will talk to you next time on the Irish Breakdown This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.